Hi, I'm Elisa Preston, and you're listening to episode 10 of Praise Through It. This podcast is based on Philippians 4.8, which says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, think about these things. My goal will always be to help you see an old burden in a new way to see the praiseworthy side of your daily struggles, to see life in a way that brings hope and in a way that shows the glimmer of light that inevitably shines even in the daily grind. If that's something you're working on or you'd like to be a part of, listen in. In the last 15 years, my military family and I have lived across six cities and in nine homes. And I know some of you military families listening blow me out of the water with that, but that's our story so far. In none of the homes we've lived in have we had a basement or extra storage space. So we've kind of always just lived our life out in the open. Our former DVD collection was on wide open shelves. The books I read are always on the end table. Whatever TV show we're going through, the DVD case is always on the TV stand. Which, by the way, once in a while we actually don't stream. It's a nice little throwback. And since 2015, our daughter's toys or books have always had a space in our main living area. We probably could have made a play area, but I really liked having her in our great room. I always thought that would make her feel like she was 100% part of the family. Mommy and Daddy live here with their books and their card games and their computers. I live here too, with my puzzles, my books, my games, and toys. The flip side of that, though, is feeling crowded on a regular basis, especially when everything isn't in its very specific place that Mommy has created. And even when everything is in its place, it's so easy to look around and want to go through your house with a trash bag and just toss a whole lot of it. I would go to my friends' houses and wonder, why do they have so much less stuff than me? What do their kids do to stay busy? I have one kid. I don't like to shop. We don't indulge toy whims, and we certainly don't consider ourselves hoarders or huge collectors of anything tangible. So I just kept wondering, what was I doing wrong? And then I would remember... Number one, stop comparing yourself. And number two, when I would think that these women were better house cleaners and better at keeping a house than I am, most of the time, they just had more or different space. They had big garages and separate playrooms and basements where the mess could hide. So while fighting that monster of comparison against these women who I love, I also reminded myself, just because you can't see the mess doesn't mean it's not there. And there's something to be said for living your mess out loud. I don't mean to say that keeping your house a mess is the answer, or that blasting your heart out in every public space is the way to go. I also don't mean to downplay the importance of simplicity and tidying up, because they are essential for soul care for sure. But do you know what happens to our brain and to our body when we try to keep our mess inside? When we do that, when we live our mess only on the inside, we are essentially giving that mess mental real estate, a term I learned from Dr. Caroline Leaf. 
And anything that earns mental real estate earns actual space in our neural system, and it goes on to become part of who we are, an actual, physical, studyable part of our bodies, whether it becomes a protein or a collection of cells or a morphing of our DNA code. And that change can manifest itself however it sees fit. Defensiveness, gluttony, avoidance, frugality of spirit, excessive fear, excessive pessimism, underlying anger, outright anger, and so many more. Researchers used to think that the brain was this fixed hub of activity that didn't change, and now they know that it is neuroplastic, and the brain ebbs and flows with how we think, how we speak, and how we act. The brain can be trained, retrained, and untrained which is one of my favorite things that I have learned over the last five years. So every time we choose to live our mess on the inside, we are sending signals to our whole self that says, this matters, pay attention to this. Our brain is neuroplastic. Neuroplasticity is the concept that our brains change and mold based on our choices. We are training our brain through our mind in a very specific pattern of behavior. And we are creating a specific experience based on what we think, say, and do. And in matters of everyday life, this can create a problem because we're essentially mistreating, mistraining, and limiting ourselves by letting our mess take up all this internal space. Now, in matters of abuse and trauma, that kind of brain activity can be life-saving. Also, Once we've moved past the survival aspect, we can start sending our body new signals. Andy Kolber, a trauma therapist and author of a book called Try Softer, calls it being a compassionate witness to our stories, which can work in trauma healing as well as in everyday life. Let me give you a real-world example. When I was in fifth grade, I played the flute. I actually played from fourth grade all the way through twelfth grade. But in fifth grade, my seat on stage for early morning rehearsal was on the end of one of the semicircle rows. One fateful morning, I picked up my seat, like I picked up my actual chair, to move it, and one of the corners of the chair legs fell off the stage. Therefore, I fell off the stage right down the bleachers. Yes, thank goodness those bleachers were there. Also, How much fun is it for a 10-year-old to slide down some bleachers and land under a cafeteria table only to slam her head into the metal when she tries to stand up in front of 90 of her closest friends to include the boy she had a crush on? Absolutely humiliating. And if I had clung to that humiliation, it would have started small. I can't go to band practice again. What a joke I am. I don't belong there. But if I had continued clinging to that humiliation, it would have grown. And I would have taken that one moment of humiliation and generalized it to my whole self. I can't go to college. What a joke. I can't get married. I don't know how to do that. I can't be a mom. Who am I kidding? I would have convinced myself over time that I was a fool and I was an embarrassing human being and I would have become an adult who operated out of that created truth. Dr. Caroline Leaf says our genes... The way our body operates as the outside self is constantly being remodeled based on life experiences. Staying in those thought patterns of being an embarrassing or foolish human lead us to this sad disposition that we're not who we want to be, we're not worth living, 
that were not worth being. And I probably don't know you personally, but I can tell you with 100% certainty that is absolutely not the case. It's okay if you're feeling like a lousy parent on a hectic Tuesday when your toddler throws her lunch off the table. You can share that and commiserate about it with a friend. Live that mess out loud. Wipe the carrot off the table and move on to the next thing. It's okay if you and your husband had an argument about where his socks and your leggings go in the closet. Sometimes it's hard to share a space, no matter how long you've been doing it. Text a friend, live that mess out loud, and let it go. It's okay if you spilled your entire chicken soup on the kitchen floor 20 minutes after finishing a huge, fresh batch. Cry. Live that mess out loud, then pick it up and eat some cookies. It's okay if you have someone over and your homeschool stuff isn't put away. We have been collectively isolated for more than a year. Social interaction and community is the goal. Perfection of home is not. Welcome your friends, talk about each other's day, and enjoy a snack. It is okay if you hit the reply all button at work. Own it. Live that mess out loud. Reply all again with a joke or don't and then double, triple check from this day forward. It's okay if the one day you forget to show up at the bus stop is the rainiest day of the year. Apologize, laugh about it, and remember tomorrow. We've gotten the message along the way that holding it all tight and nice and dress right dress is the only way to do it. It's not. Living our mess out loud is human. It's healthy. It's liberating. It puts our heart in this really pure place where you're not putting on a mask or a facade for anyone or anything, not even for yourself. You're not walking around every corner hoping that some pesky house guest doesn't open the wrong door and instead of going in the bathroom, she goes in the closet and all your stuff is going to fall right out. You don't have to be worried about that. Living your mess out loud is saying, God made me this way. I rest in the true self he made me to be. He made me with all my ins and outs and quirks and gifts and oopsie daisies and everything else. We strive to make ourselves better. We evolve with time. We have a close set of people we can be extra out loud with. We go to therapy if we want some help working the mess out. And we let our messes be part of our story, part of who we are, without shame or guilt or cowering. When we step into confidence instead of shame, When we step into confidence and live our mess out loud, then that confidence takes up mental real estate in our brains and in our bodies. We train ourselves, we train our brains to be people who act like we belong because we do belong regardless of the mess we're living through. What's true is that living our mess out loud can be embarrassing and messy and scary. What's also true is that your story has been written since the beginning of time. God knit you through and through, and as we fumble through figuring this all out, he's there with you, he's there for you, cheering you on, and so am I. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Praise Through It. I so value the time you spend with me and my voice every two weeks. If you're looking for a way to connect beyond your earbuds, I send a blessing to my readers every Monday morning. I'd love to share that with you and start your week off with an encouraging note. 
You can read or listen to The Blessing about 45 seconds or less. You can sign up for that right in the show notes. You can also look for scripture in the show notes regarding how you were knit together, how God made you in his image, and how we don't have to cower in guilt or shame. Also in the show notes are links to authors Caroline Leaf and Andy Kolber, both mentioned in today's episode. That's it for today. I'll see you next time for episode 11 of Praise Through It. We train our, we train ourselves, we train our, (laughs) 